All right, weekly text-based Tanya, which chapter are we in? 41. 41, okay. And we were speaking about how the beginning of service of Hashem and its root and its source is what? Awe. Oh, very good. Even in the doing, because normally love is what propels you to do and awe is what propels you to not do, but even in the doing there has to be a basis of awe. And where does this all come from? It comes from a meditation. We went through a meditation. You should think about Hashem as filling all worlds and transcending all worlds, and yet focusing on the Jewish people in general and on you in specific and peering into you and checking you out. And it's supposed to fill you with the awe that you then transfer into your performance of mitzvahs. And we mentioned a couple of instances where you might ponder this awe. We said, like when you're learning Torah or when you're putting on talus and tefillin. And that's where we stop. We stop right in the middle with the words v'derech prat b'tefillin. Right? Where, where is it in the thing? I have it here. In the middle of page 112. In the original, original page 112. Yeah, yeah. V'derech prat b'tefillin. Yeah. Which is uh, where is it? I thought you said you made a mark. Oh yeah, you did. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine lines from the top, right in the middle of the ninth line. Now I got it. Okay. All right. So there we are. Specifically, when you put on tefillin, you should think about this awe. That you are nullifying your chachman bina, of your brain, of your nefesh alikis's brain, into Hashem's chachman bina. You're aligning your intellect with the divine intellect. Why are you thinking about that when you're doing tefillin? Because the parshies of the tefillin, the paragraphs of scripture that are included in the tefillin, represent Chachman Bina, specifically the parsha of Kadesh and the parsha of Vahoy Kiviyacha, represent Chachman Bina respectively. And when you wear the tefillin, it has this effect of aligning your Chachman Bina with Hashem's Chachman Bina. In other words, what it means is you're making a commitment not to use your Chachman Bina for any other reason than for the service of Hashem. So to align your Chachma with Hashem's Chachman, your Bina with Hashem's Bina, really means to dedicate it to only be used for Hashem. We didn't mention Das, we mentioned Chachman Bina, but also you're aligning or nullifying your Das with Hashem's Das. And Das, as we know, although it's an intellectual faculty, it is the bridge between the intellect and the emotions, and that's why Das contains within it the two axes of emotion, Chesed and Gvura, which respectively refer to love and awe. Chesed is love and 
Gvura is all. Bechinas Das Ho'elin Akelach Chesed Gvura. We're talking about Das, which is above the Midas and it contains both extremes of the Midas. Hamalubashis Beparshish Shema Vahoyim Shemaya. And that, in turn, is invested in the other parshas of Shema uh, that are in the Tefillin, the Shema, <coughs> and Vahoyim Shema Shema is the Chesed, and Vahoyim Shema is the Gvura. So at, at any rate, the point is, you got in the Tefillin, you have covered the Chachma, Bina, and Das, which is four, not three, because Das is a double header. You get it? Because Das is Chesed and Gvura, it splits. That's why you have the four chambers within the film. Yeah, so it splits off into both directions. What? Right. Hmm? The Parsha Shema is. It represents chesed. V'hoya im shamaya. That paragraph, because it has like scary stuff in there, has consequences in there. For the, yeah, yeah, it does. That's gvura. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. At any rate, the point is. The, the point is we're not learning about tefillin right now. We're learning about the awe meditations. And he's mentioning to you that when you put on tefillin, you should have in mind that you are aligning your Chochmah Bina Das with Hashem's Chochmah Bina Das, which means you're dedicating it to only be used. I don't know. I learned mitzvahs that Kehanim perform. I, don't know. I, mean, I, don't, I never complained and said, why am I learning about mitzvahs? No, no, I'm just saying, like, okay. that's like a good meditation for that, like, when we say the bracha. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, the question is, how do we, how do we link it up? And we're always connected. Okay. Let's not get bogged down. It's just an example. He's just giving an example. And in Shulchan Aruch, when it describes what is the Kavana of Tefillin, it is to subjugate the heart and the mind. So that's what that means. The point here is not Tefillin. The point here is about Tefillin is an example of when a person is mindful in doing a mitzvah, the feeling of awe motivates him to surrender himself and align himself to God. That's the point. It's just an example. Here's another example. What about when you put on tzitzis? Your intent should be when you put on tzitzis that you're drawing upon yourself God's kingship. Hashem's kingship is the kingship of all worlds. And that you are connecting yourself, or rather he is connecting himself to us through this mitzvah. Which is connected to also the idea of the mitzvah of having a king. Refers to the actual mitzvah of having an actual king, a Jewish king. 
but also uh, in, a, in a figurative way it refers to accepting God's kingship when you put on talus, when you put on the talus. Now, if even when you think all this stuff, it doesn't cause you to have an acute sense of dread revealed in your heart, meaning ideally it would, when you put on the phone, when you put on the talus, and you think all these things that we've been thinking about, wow, it should be really overwhelming. But let's say it isn't. Let's say you don't have that reaction, nevertheless, as long as you're accepting Hashem's kingship, and you're, you're, you're drawing upon yourself the awe of Hashem in a way that's revealed at least in your thoughts and in the will of your mind, he's, he's contrasting Something that would be revealed in your heart, meaning it's a full-fledged emotion, and something that's more of a, an abstract notion. It's in your mind. It's in your will. Nevertheless, he's saying it's, that's also okay. Because it's sincere, without any doubt. It's, it's, it is a mitis. It's real. It's true. Because it is the nature of the Jewish people, not to want to re rebel against Hashem. So don't ever say, well, maybe I'm faking it. No, you're not faking it. It's real. That's your teva, the nature of the Jewish souls, not to want to rebel against Hashem. So even though your, your, your hope, your, your goal was to get this feeling to come out in a real visceral way and feel it palpably in your heart, and you didn't accomplish that, but at least on some abstract level, you have this appreciation for the idea of being in awe of Hashem, and you want to therefore accept His kingship, so that's real. We're saying that's real. So then, if you have that mindset, then the Torah that you learn as the expression of that mindset, or the mitzvah that you do, based on this acceptance of Hashem's authority, And based on your accepting this, this awe of Hashem into your mind. So the, the Torah you're learning, the mitzvahs you're doing, with that level of kavanah, <clears throat> it's called a complete service. In other words, don't feel like chopped liver just because you're not able to get that full-fledged, <clears throat> intense emotional experience. It's okay. As long as you have a sincere desire to accept Hashem's authority, and you do have a sincere uh, uh, desire, because deep down that's what every Jewish soul wants, so that's enough to be called an Aveda Shlema, a complete service of Hashem. Kechol Aveda just like any service that a servant does for his master and for his king. Okay? So he's, in a certain way, lowering the bar here for us, <clears throat> and making the goal attainable. He's setting a goal. We do have to meditate. We do have to get ourselves into a yira frame of mind. But it doesn't have to be so intense, and it doesn't have to reach all the way to our hearts. It could just remain more intellectual. That's not the goal, but as long as you try and you do the meditation, then even if all you're able to manage is just a, so, sort of a, an abstract notion 
of accepting Hashem's kingship. So that's enough that if you go then and take that attitude and apply it to your Torah study and you're doing mitzvahs, then the Torah study you do and the mitzvahs that you do are called Aveda Shlema, a complete service. <coughs> okay. Masha'in Kain. Not so, however. If you only learn Torah or do mitzvahs with a motivation of love, that you, you love Hashem and therefore you want to cleave to Him through Torah and mitzvahs, which is a beautiful thing, but it's not an Aveda Shlema if that's your only motivation. Hear what we're saying? It's a beautiful thing to love Hashem. No, 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 I'm shutting down all questions because I know what you're asking. So I want to reiterate because I know these things that are hard to understand. So I'm going to say it again. It's a beautiful thing to love Hashem. And it's a beautiful thing that your love of Hashem is making you want to do mitzvahs. Because after all, <clears throat> if you really love Hashem, the only, the only legitimate expression of that is to learn to do mitzvahs. It's beautiful. However, if that's the only motivation and there's not also a sense of awe, then it's not called an Aveda Shlema. It's not called a full or complete service. You must have the awe. So everything we've been talking about. Everything we, the, the, no, 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 just, just what we're talking about. Just what we're talking about. Thinking, being conscious about Hashem's authority and that He's focused on us and we're trying to align ourselves to His authority. These ideas, the ideas that we've been describing, those are the awe meditations. I know, all you need is love, right? Yes. It just right? sounds. Yeah. It sounds What? It's not what I think it is? Surprise me. What is it? Mm-hmm. You're saying... We said before that if you have a sense of awe, even if it's not a full-fledged emotion, even if it's more of an abstract idea, but it is sincere because, after all, that's what every Jewish soul wants. So, therefore, you're asking a very clever question, which is, so, therefore, if you're saying, if you're claiming that it's present in the soul already, then what's this scenario you're describing where a person is only serving out of love? You just told me that the awe is always there, at least on some level. Right? That's what you... you uh, what? Yeah, you surprised me. That, 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 this sounds like a very like, backhanded compliment, but I'm... Yes, I, yeah, that's a very good question. Okay. No, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that you asked a good question. I'm surprised that anyone asked a good question at that juncture, because I know what the elephant in the room is that gets people distracted, but... Okay, so, but your question was not about the elephant in the room. It was, a, it was a, actually... It's a very subtle question. All right, so the answer to the question is even that innate natural awe that the soul has embedded within it, it has to come out to some extent. What he was describing before 
He was saying, even if it doesn't reach your heart, it's okay, as long as it reaches your brain. So that is some, that, that requires some active, deliberate, well, it requires meditation that we're talking about, okay? So, and if you wouldn't meditate, then it would just be totally subconscious. So when we're talking about a person has only love as his motivation, you're saying, but hold on, he has to have that awe. The awe is always there. Yeah, but it's totally subconscious. He didn't do anything to bring it out, not even to an abstract intellectual level. Does that answer? Yes. Okay, great. Is that like the love? Yes, it's the same concept that we learned about in chapters 18 and 19. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, if you don't have the awe, if all you have is the love, it's not called a Vedas Evid. It's not called the service of a servant, of the servant. Yeah, okay, fine, so it's not. And then he says, But Torah says, and you should serve Hashem your God. And it says, And you should serve Him. So, uh, serving is a word in English that it loses its, a lot is lost in translation, but serving, Aveda or Evid, Aveda is service, Evid is a servant. No, it's a, but what does it mean to serve? It means to be subservient. It means to be, to subjugate yourself. Um, it's not just to do nice things or to even fulfill the will of somebody. It specifically means to, to surrender yourself. And that is generally described as a function of awe of Hashem. So a person who says, well, listen, what do you care if I have awe or not? I'll, do, I'll, I'll learn all the Torah I need to learn, and I'll do all the mitzvahs I need to do, and I'll do it completely out of love, without any awe. So we'll say to him, well, that's wonderful, and from a practical standpoint, maybe you're making a good argument, you know, you're doing the mitzvahs, you're learning the Torah you need to learn, okay, but there's still something lacking, because Hashem isn't just saying, do the mitzvahs and, and learn Torah, Hashem is saying, be an avid." Be a servant. And you can't be a servant if you don't have any awe. So it's not enough to just have love as your motivation. Can you have love without awe? At all? Anything? So it's questionable if it even really exists. If a, if a person who has love and says but I have no awe so then it's questionable is the is the love even legitimate that's a whole other discussion that's a whole other discussion but let, let's not get into that right now okay but in theory if somebody were to say my my sole motivation is love we would still say to him but Hashem wants the awe as well well, you didn't ask me why he wants the love. <laughs> the love you're not asking why he wants. 
So all you're asking why he wants? Does it bother you the love or the awe or the awe or the love or neither or both? Yeah, we don't like the word Evan, especially. Yeah, Hashem is our father. He's also our king. So we're, we're Bonim and we're Avodim. Yeah, this, it's a very complex relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. I don't want to get into it. It's a whole discussion. But yes, 100% correct. Yes. Yira is self-containment. If you don't have self-containment, then even when you're loving, it's, it's, it's a form of self-love. Okay. No, no. When we're talking about awe, we're not talking about an, 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 not an unpleasant feeling. It's not like... Oh no, look who's calling. I don't want to take this call. I don't want to speak to so-and-so. Oh, yuck. That's not what awe means. Amazed. Yeah, call it amazement. Call it like, What would that look like? Okay, but you know what? I don't want to dwell on this, especially because in about half a page, he's going to play the other side of it. And he's going to say, and by the way, in case you think you're going to serve Hashem only with awe, you're not allowed to do that either. So let's just finish the chapter and get the full rounded version. Okay. 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 Yeah, all right. Commission calls of Zoyar, Parshas Bahat. Like it says in the Holy Zoyar, Parshas Bahat. Kahai Tura. Like that ox. Yeah, ox. That you put an uh, uh, an oil, a uh, yoke on his back before you're able to extract any productivity for the world from him. Mm-hmm. He's useless. The ox is useless until you put a yoke on him. So, too, a person needs to receive the yoke of heaven on him. And if that is not found on him, meaning he doesn't have 
the yoke. Loi Sharia Baik Dushahulu, there will be no dwelling of holiness upon him. Uberai Mehemna Sham Dav Kufyud Aleph and Base also in Zoyar. Shakol Odam Torah Lies Bishtebichinus Madregas. Says in I Mehemna that everybody has to have both aspects and both levels. Behain, which are namely Bichinus Avid, Ubichinus Ben. Both the servant <coughs> and the son. You can't just be a son who loves. You also have to be the servant who accepts the authority of the master. However, now, there is a scenario of a son who's also a servant. That's a very high level where a person has come to the level called Yira Ilah, the higher level of Yira, there are levels of Yira. So the only way <coughs> to have a son who is a servant is that he has come all the way to the highest level of Yira. However, what about a person who doesn't have in his mind or in his thought, any level of yira, awe, or busha, shame. And I don't mean like toxic shame, I mean healthy shame. And the reason for this, that he doesn't have this awe or this shame, is because he comes from an inferior level, from the source from which he is hewn. He's coming from a lower level of the Yudzvirasta Asiya, the lowest world. So what are we supposed to do about this guy? He's not feeling anything. Afapike, nevertheless. Since he intends, through serving Hashem, to serve the king, meaning he wants to have this feeling, it's called complete service. Because Yira and Aveda are two separate mitzvahs in the 613, and one does not prevent the other. One's not a one does not necessitate the other. So interestingly here, he says, and if worst case scenario a person will not be able to muster even a modicum of yira. Well, okay, so he'll do Aveda and he won't do yira. They're two separate mitzvahs. They're two separate mitzvahs. That's his first answer. You'll see what he, the answer evolves over here. But furthermore, but you know what the truth is? I'm going to give the guy credit for having Yira too. That he does draw upon himself a certain amount of Yira just by thinking about it. Because at least at that moment, the fear of heaven is upon him, at least at that moment, at least to the degree where he's self-conscious in front of a human being who's looking at him. 
meaning not even a king, but just a regular person who's looking at him. So he's self-conscious and he inhibits himself and he behaves differently because someone's looking at him. So a person who's doing what Hashem wants because he knows Hashem is watching him, all right, so fine, he's not having such a deep level of kavana. But you know what? I'll give that credit, I'll call that yira as well. He prevents himself from doing anything unbecoming in front of that person. So if a person has enough inhibition to not do an Aveda just because he knows Hashem wouldn't like it. So you know what? That's like, that's a, that's a certain level of self-awareness. And well, you know, we'll call that Yira as well. Shizu Nikras Yira, we call that Yira. Like Rabbi Yechim Zake said to his students, I have a prayer for you guys. May it be Hashem's will. That the heaven, the fear of heaven should be upon you like you fear human beings. And they were surprised. They were like, well, shouldn't the fear of heaven be upon us much greater than we fear human beings? And he said, no. Because when a person does a sin, he says, oh, I hope nobody sees me. So in some ways, people fear humans more than they fear God. Although, he says, I do have to qualify and say, this level of fear is a lower level of fear, and it's called fear of sin, and it comes before Chochmah. It's not a product of Chochmah. There is a fear that comes from Chochmah. When you have a certain wisdom, certain insight into Hashem's greatness, and then the fear that ensues from that is one level. This is a lower level of fear. The higher level of fear we also call shame-like fear. That's where it's not even about I'm afraid to do anything inappropriate in front of Hashem. It's more like I'm self-conscious of the fact that I exist as something separate. How can I exist as an independent entity when Hashem is everything? That's a very lofty level. So that's the higher level of fear. He says, There's one kind of fear and there's another kind of fear. There's different levels. Okay. So basically what we did is we said there's a guy who's not even really able to reach the level of yira in his mind. Like first we said, you can't do it in your heart, so you do it in your mind. And then we said, well, this guy can't even do it in his mind. And then we said, you know what, though? But the fact that he's even inhibiting his behavior and doing anything different than, differently than what he would normally be doing, so to some extent you can call that yira. And I'll give him credit that he's having yira. Have obli yira klal, however, without any yira whatsoever, like not even that which, which we just described, that the Alter Rebbe is giving credit for and calling that Yira, but if you don't even have that, your mitzvahs can't fly up with just love. Like a bird can't fly with one wing. We've had that metaphor before about love and awe as the two wings. Like the Tikkun Ezeir says that love and awe, awe and love are like two wings. So he's giving a very, very liberal definition of Yiro that pretty much anyone who's willing to think consciously at all will be able to, to live up to. 
But he's saying, but if you won't even do that, then I'm sorry. Then you're trying to fly with one wing. Okay? Yeah? Yeah. Uh, fear and awe are very related. Respect uh, is another way of saying it. Right. These are all and related. Yet we, we well, there's m many more than two right. levels, but right. we spoke about two levels. So yeah. Let's say the, so the higher one, right, is, is the embarrassment control. Right, but not so embarrassed like, oh, I did something bad. Right. So I'm sorry. What was the lower one? The lower one, I'm afraid to do something bad. Well, that's even lower. Afraid of the punishment's even lower. More like, I don't want Hashem to see me doing anything bad is a lower level. Then a higher level is, even if I don't do anything bad, even if I do everything right, why am I existing as a separate entity when Hashem is everything? That's a very lofty level. What? Yeah. But um, is that even considered even a level, or that's not even considered? Which level? Fear, fear of punishment. Fear of punishment is even lower. Right. Yeah. Rabbi, I thought that the lower level was not fear of others. No, he's just comparing it to fear of others. But would that even be considered? Is that even a... Would the Alter Rebbe say that's a level of Yiddah? Um the fear of punishment. Um, it's a good question whether that would count. I think and so. Because like, he said, if it gets you to in, if it gets you to change your behavior, like, so then it counts. Yeah, it, it might be a lower level of the lower level, but. What? Well, if you're not even on the lower level of the lower level, then you could aspire to that, right? Right. You could always aspire to something higher, right? You have no wings at all. Nothing. No, that's not true. Are, are these like is this all being on any levels, or is only the highest level being on any? No, 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 no. Okay, so you're asking a good question because we haven't spoken about the bainini in a, in a while. A while, yeah. Yeah. Okay. A bainini certainly is going to have. These abandonment is going to work a lot on these emotions, certainly. But nothing here, I'll, I'll put it this way nothing here requires that you be abandoned already to experience it, except the stuff where he says, like, it's a very high level, like, you know, boishus. Where there he's he's presenting it specifically as a very high level. Um, so what are you, what are you really asking? You're not sure. Yeah. Which which one is a bainani? There could be someone who's a Bainini even with the lower level of fear, and that works for him. To, because remember, the Bainini at the end of the day is a, is a behavioral definition. And there's so many 
And there's so many levels within Bainu. Yeah, that's right. There's so many levels within Bainu. So if you're at the lower level of the lower level of a Bainuni, well, the actions are the outgrowth of the meditation. The actions are now that you meditated, okay, so now what are you going to do with your feelings? You go and learn Taita and do mitzvahs with those feelings. You're meditating to create kavana. Kavana means emotions that you imbue into your mitzvah performance or your Torah study. Okay, now remember I said to you before that he's going to now flip it on you and be like, Okay, so you can't just serve Hashem with only love. You have to have awe. You have to have awe. Okay, fine. Now watch what happens. But also flip it. What if you want to serve Hashem with only awe? That's also called one wing. And it won't fly. Even though it does meet the criteria of Avedis Eved. Okay, so you're, you're doing Avedis Eved. Now what are you lacking? You're lacking the other role, which is you're, not, you're, you're doing the avid part, but you're not doing the ben part. You also have to be a son. To the guy who was only being a son and not a servant, he says, you got to be a servant. To the guy who's being a servant and not a son, he's telling him, hey, you got to also be a son. And what does that mean, to be a son? <clears throat> to at least arouse your natural love for Hashem, which is hidden in your heart, that at least it should be on a conscious level in your brain. Why do we say at least in your brain? Because it's only in your brain and it's not all the way into your heart. And he describes what is this basic level, lower level, of, of love. It means, It means just to remember. I love how he calls it remember. Your love of Hashem, the one God that you have, remember that. And remember it in your thought and in your will <clears throat> that that's really what you want. You want to cleave to Hashem. So it's already there. You just got to remember it. And that should be your kavana when you're learning Torah, when you're doing a mitzvah. To cleave to Hashem, to, to attach your godly soul to Hashem, <coughs> as well as your animating soul and its garments, as we mentioned above, that when you do a mitzvah, you're connecting your soul garments, your thought, speech, and action to Hashem. Okay. Thought, speech, and action. That's th those were the early chapters of Tanya. Okay, so I'm tired. Somebody who was here in the first four chapters, what does it say in chapter four? <laughs> About garments? Yeah. Our thought, speech, and 
Okay, great. So when you do speak or think Torah and mitzvahs, you are... <coughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent. That's great. You remember something from 37 chapters ago. I mean, it's a c- recurring main theme of Tanya, but yeah. So with the garments, are those the elements? Yeah, and as to why they're called garments, that's a longer explanation um, that we speak about at length in Chapter 4. But they're, they're forms of expression. It's not the soul itself, but it's forms of expression. Okay. By the way, all this stuff is recorded. So if you want to find something that was said in class four, or it's not class four, chapter four, it's all recorded. We can go back and play back the tapes. And get uh, Even if you were here for chapter four, you can go back and, and re-listen. Okay. Ach omnam, however... Amr Razal, our sages say, Do not exclude yourself from the general rule. What does that mean? Don't exclude yourself from the big picture. What does that mean? It means don't just think about you. It means you should intend to unite with Hashem, not just for you, but Hashem is the source of all Jewish souls, which is referred to as his speech, or the breath of his mouth. It's also called the Shekhinah, which dwells within all worlds. Hashem's speech is actually then reflected in your speech. Also, Hashem's Shekhinah is then reflected in your actions when you do a mitzvah. So you are uniting with Hashem's Shekhinah which is his outer expression, by aligning your outer expressions, your, your speech and your actions, you're uniting that with his will. <clears throat> and that has benefit not only for you, but for all the Jewish souls who also come forth from that shechina. So, benefit? Like, we're talking about elevating its wings for our next world, for our experience to come. There's that. There's also right. Seals of Tachlein, and there's also the, like, universal, yeah. Right? There's different, there's elevating our souls that we will experience with Lord in the world to come. That would be our Right, you're asking, you're asking a good question, which is, okay, remind me why this is important. You said it more politely, but that's what you're saying. You're like, all right, you're in, you're, okay. So I'll put it like this. Um, the point he's making now is that all of this spiritual stuff we're describing, 
you could start to think about it in spiritually selfish ways. Oh, I have so much awe and love of Hashem, and I am connecting to Hashem. All right, but don't forget the big picture. The big picture is that your Torah study and your doing mitzvahs actually is bringing more godliness to all of the Jewish people. So that's the point here is how your particular behavior is bringing godliness into, into all of the Jewish souls in a revealed way. Well, it, in turn, it comes back, and it does benefit us. Well, every, ultimately, everything's connected to Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the underlying motivation for everything, as he explains in chapter, chapters 35, 36, and 37. Dwelling place in the lower realms, which we described before, was Hashem's underlying motivation for creation. Let's see how much further we can get. We don't have much longer. <coughs> but just to review, at the beginning of the chapter, we said it's not enough to just have love. You have to have awe. And you have to accept Hashem's authority upon you. And you have to think about Hashem is examining you. And that, that should give you this feeling of awe. Then, and we spoke about that at length. You should think about it when you put on fill and when you put on talus and when you learn Torah. Okay. And then we said, but you also have to have love. You have to have love. You have to have both wings. And now we're adding like a third dimension, which is, it's not love, it's not awe, it's its, its own subject. I would call it, <clears throat> maybe, maybe call it altruism. It's called lishma, doing mitzvahs for their own sake. And in this case, the, the, the aspect of that that he's bringing out is how your service of Hashem benefits other Jews. Yeah, that's lishma. Lishma means you're doing something selflessly or altruistically. You're not doing it for your own benefit, not even your spiritual benefit. It doesn't have to be for the sake of the mitzvah. Lishma can mean doing this, doing the mitzvah for the intrinsic value that the mitzvah has. And it happens to be the aspect of that intrinsic value that we're speaking about right now is how it benefits the entire Jewish people. Okay. Um, and how do you create this oneness between the Jewish people and Hashem is through learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. Yeah. And you have this in mind, that this is your intent, that you're drawing down the light of Hashem 
and the source of your soul, which is also the source of all Jewish souls, and causing them to be united with each other and with, with Him. Like it explains this oneness at length elsewhere. It will explain. We didn't get there yet. This is also what it means when we say before we do a mitzvah or we say it before we say Baruch Shamer in the morning davening and then it covers all the mitzvahs we do all day. We're doing this for the sake of the unification of the Holy One and his indwelling presence in the name of all Israel. Meaning to say, that is the intent now that we're focusing on, how our, how our mitzvah is causing this oneness. Oh. There's another benefit that this has, which is it sweetens the gvurais in the chasadim automatically by causing the midais to become inter-included within one another. This is going to take a lot of explanation. Uh, let me finish the sentence and then try to explain it. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're 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 yeah. This is a good place to stop. This is a very good. Can I have your pen? This is a great place. To stop. Thank you. Great advice. Okay. All right. So we'll continue next week. Amir Tzayshem. Thank you.